This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. I think I've all been challenged the last uh, week or two with some things that's been happening in the nation and some challenges. And uh, like I said last week, um, I think all of us, we, we sort of respond differently to certain situations. And I was actually in Durban uh, when a lot of these things were happening just north of Durban. And so um, it was amazing to see some people, you get people reacting in different ways. Some just immediately wanted to go and fight. Others wanted to protect. Others were angry. Some were disillusioned. Some people were very discouraged, jumped on the plane and tried to get out of the province as soon as possible. Some just wanted to protect their, their property. <clears throat> it's, it's actually you know, amazing how we all respond to certain um, situations in our life. And especially when uh, there's uh, something, uh, is, you know, it's always amazing how, especially South Africans, we can make jokes about stuff, you know. And uh, somebody sent me a little picture and said, if Chuck Norris was, uh, was um, an African, he would have definitely been a South African, you know. Um, because, um, yeah, some stuff goes rough sometimes, but it's amazing how people can can um, respond with even with uh, jokes you know they, the one said the the defense force phoned the people in Brackenfeld to come and protect KwaZulu Natal because apparently they they're quite tough there in Brackenfeld you know um, so it's uh, sometimes we can laugh about it but on the uh, when you go scratch a little bit deeper we all have issues in our hearts and challenges and I want to want us to go to Luke chapter 7 I'm going to read two passages uh, this is uh, when uh, John the Baptist was in put in prison, and um, remember he was the guy who announced that Jesus is the Messiah, and he was uh, quite a, a, a very intense black and white type of prophet. Uh, he was eating, you know, locusts, and um, so he was a rough personality. But he went out into the wilderness and he preached the gospel, and thousands of people came. He said, there's a Messiah that's going to come. And then eventually we saw how Jesus came and he said, well, um, this is the, this, surely this is the Son of God, the Lamb of God, you know. I'm not worthy to unloose even his sandal straps. And so what happened is we know the story of John the Baptist. Eventually he got into a bit of trouble with the, with the king and the palace and the, king, the, the king's palace. So he was thrown into prison. And, uh, and now we get onto the scene where... There's uh, some unmet expectations. I think all of us, we, we sometimes, when it comes to the things in the kingdom, and that's our challenge, especially with the gospel in the West, is uh, we want the nice things of the, of the kingdom, but we don't want to always talk about suffering and tough times and, you know, how do we handle those things when God doesn't immediately answer our prayers. And so here, John the Baptist is sitting in a prison in darkness. Uh, things are happening with Jesus and his ministries and ministry. And so verse 18 of Luke chapter 7, Then the disciples of John reported to him concerning all these things. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Isn't that crazy? A couple of chapters uh, previously he announced and says this is the coming one this is the one and then he saw the dove on Jesus he baptized Jesus 
And a couple of chapters later, when he finds himself in prison, he asks the question. He sends his disciples to Jesus because he also had guys following him. And um, he said, are you the coming one or do we look for another? <laughs> uh, it's amazing how somebody can change in two chapters or three chapters. Do we look for another? And when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist, this is to Jesus. John the Baptist has sent us to you saying, are you the coming one or do we look for another? You know, when, when uh, situations doesn't always work out in our favor or the way we thought, isn't it amazing how quickly man can change, how we can change our hearts, how we can lose hope, how we can get discouraged because we are human. And let's be honest about those things because here, one of the greatest prophets in the, Testament, in the New Testament that sort of bridged the Old Testament to the New Testament, he was an amazing man, was fearless. He sits in prison and he is disillusioned. He's discouraged. And so, verse 21, And that very hour, Jesus cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and to many blind he gave sight. Verse 22, Jesus answered and said to them, that's to John's disciples, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. So he says to them, look at the signs, tell him what you see, tell him what you've heard. Not just the miracles, but the people are responding to the gospel. The gospel is being preached. But then Jesus throws in that little word offense. Isn't it amazing? We get offended Many times with God, we get offended with people in the church uh, because of unmet expectations, because of hurt, because of hardened hearts, because of fear. Um, it's, it's so easy to get offended. And yet Jesus said, blessed are you if you're not offended because of me. And verse 24, we go on, when the messengers of John had departed, he began to speak to the multitudes concerning John. Now, they just left, and now Jesus begins to speak about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? In verse 25 of Luke chapter 7. But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments. Indeed, those who are gorgeously apparelled and live in luxury are in king's courts. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. For I say to you, among those born of women, there is no greater, not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. Wow. <laughs> so if I was Jesus, I would have probably been very discouraged by John <laughs> because uh, Jesus is going for it. Ministry is happening. People are being healed. Uh, the gospel is being preached. And yet John sends a message to him. I would have probably thought like, no, there is absolutely no way, you know. Um, how can John ask something like this if I'm really the Messiah, if I'm really the one who's called? He just announced it. He was the one who made the way, you know, for me to come. But isn't it crazy how Jesus responds and how he speaks even about John's offense and John's discouragement? Jesus looks way past that. And he tells all the people, and he says, like, there is no one greater than John the Baptist. Isn't it great that when God is faith, when we are unfaithful, God remains faithful? And even God doesn't change his opinion of us. 
even when we fail. Yes, we need to repent and yes, we need to turn to him. But it's so important even for the church in this time that we bring those issues to God. Don't ignore it. Whatever is going on in your heart, maybe you just want to skip the country. You want to just look for a way out, but you can't run away from the purposes of God. And this is what's so beautiful about what Jesus said about John the Baptist. And then he goes on here in verse 28. I'm going to read it again. He says, For I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Wow. He's, he's talking about something for all of us that read the story. And he begins to proclaim. He says, like, wow. If you have dealt with the issues in your heart, and we spoke about it last week, if we have a soft heart, that's when God can really begin to use us, when we learn to be quick to forgive, quick to, to say, Lord, give me a childlike heart, you know. Let me respond, even when I'm angry, even when I'm discouraged about the nation or my family or what's going on around me. I don't know what's going on in your heart, but God looks straight to the heart. And that's why God says, guard your heart above all things. We have to make sure that we don't listen to what the news says all the time and what the people around us. We have to listen to what God says. And sometimes it starts with what God says about you. Because uh, this is what he says here about John the Baptist. He says, there's no greater one. But if we, living after John the Baptist, there's something great, and that's called humility. When we allow ourselves to walk in humility before God, then we are going to be greater than John the Baptist. Not in uh, status or pride, but in standing before God. That's how God looks at us. He says, if you are humble, if you are going to be the least, if you will humble yourself, then I'm going to heal your land. I'm going to heal your family. But it takes true humility because... You know, out of offense, offense and pride goes together. When we harden our hearts, it's so easy to do that. But then we can't listen to and hear the Holy Spirit anymore when we um, have started to harden our hearts. And maybe you have all the right to harden your heart. Maybe you have all the right to be offended. But we have to deal with offense because the devil sets us up um, to be offended, to be negative, to be fearful. And um, we may sometimes have all the right to be but if we really want to see the things of the kingdom, we have to allow God to soften our hearts, to bring uh, that place. And that's why the key is true humility. When we respond in true humility to what God says about us, what God says about Stellenbosch, what God says about this nation, that he has not forsaken this nation. He is faithful even when we are unfaithful. But he's looking for a group of people that will call on his name. So that's the first story, and um, I want you to think for homeworkers, just ask the Holy Spirit to show you in your heart if there's any hardness, if there's any unresponsiveness, if you have been discouraged, or maybe you're angry, or whatever is going on in your heart, give it to the Lord and say, God, I can't even change myself, but I want you to come and do that. And so the second story we're going to jump into, and I'm going to pick up some speed now. I'm going to read it, Acts chapter 4, verse 24. And this is a prayer we're going to pray together. We're going to pray what these guys in the book of Acts prayed. Because you know what? Uh, persecution started to arise. There was a lot of fear in the church. Uh, things were really happening, but people were really gunning now 
to close down the church and to do a lot of negative stuff. So in Acts chapter 4 verse 24, it goes like this. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, this is now the prayer. These believers that are under great stress, great duration, great anxiety, they're sort of running for their lives. Uh, things started to happen. There were miracles, but they got persecuted. It says, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and why did the people plot vain things? The king of the earth, earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Isn't it amazing how they start this prayer? They're hiding in this little room. And um, the first thing I would have probably prayed is, Lord, Lord, please rescue me from this situation. Lord, please take us out. Let the persecution go. Lord, let the tension, you know. But they pray differently. They say, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth you are, not, you are faithful, you have not changed, we declare who you are. Isn't it amazing to always respond in worship, always respond to God's greatness. Lord, you made the heaven and the earth. And even when the kings and the world plot against it, you know, all the conspiracy theories, should we vaccinate, should we not vaccinate, should we this, you know, those are all things that can really distract us as the church to take our eyes off how big God is. And um, it's in moments when there's the greatest trouble, the greatest confusion. That's when God wants to move and when he will move, when the people of God respond in the right way. So verse 29, listen, listen the, other, the prayer continues. Now, Lord, look on their threads and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Isn't that amazing? When the church was under threat in the New Testament, do you know what they prayed for? They prayed for boldness. <laughs> they said, Lord, send forth your hand, stretch forth your hand, Lord, that we can speak with boldness and stretch forth your hand to heal our nation, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now, taking you back to that first story of John the Baptist, you know what happened? Is Jesus could have probably said like, hey, uh, disciples of John, go tell him that I am the Messiah. But you know what was the sign of the Messiah? Was the miracles that he did. That's what that scripture says. They, Jesus healed People were delivered. The gospel was preached in a time when there was so much tension. That's when the gospel flourished. It was amazing. And, 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 you know, so Jesus doesn't try to persuade John the Baptist that he was the Messiah. He just says, look at the signs. Look at what's happening. It's been prophesied that I am the healer. I am the deliverer. I will bring the good news. And that was the persuasion. Now, isn't it amazing here yeah, we find ourselves in the New Testament exactly the same. They say, Lord, whenever there's confusion in KwaZulu-Natal, stretch forth your hand and heal and touch and deliver. 
because God majors when there's confusion. God, you know, that's what I prayed at the beginning. God's light shines in the darkness. Light shines the brightest when it is dark. And, uh, and so I want to encourage us, but to challenge us as the church, what is our prayers at this time? No, Corona, Lord, we please just, just save us from Corona. You can pray that and people are going through stressful times. I'm not belittling that. But let's focus on the way that the church in the New Testament prayed. Lord, look at their threats. But you are great. You are God. You are moving. Lord, give us boldness to be the church and to speak your word. Stretch forth your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And then what happened? The place where we they were together were shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. You see, boldness comes from a relationship with the Holy Spirit, not to be fundamental or to run around. You know, we can have a type of boldness that's just in our own strength. But when the Holy Spirit moves, that's when a real boldness come out to be the church. And so I want to I want to encourage you to pray bold prayers, prayers of faith, prayers of obedience, prayers where you step out and you begin to say to God, God, this is the time for the church to arise. <clears throat> and I, I think I said a bit of that last week. It was so amazing uh, to just see the church in KwaZulu-Natal just coming out and praying, praying on the street corners, praying all over the place. It's like a massive movement of even not just in South Africa, but in the world has been focusing to pray for this nation because out of this, God can do so many amazing things, but the church needs to be bold. The church needs to arise. It's not time to hide in our fear. It's not time to get offended with God and with the church. It's not time to be isolated because I think that was one of the challenges of John the Baptist. He was isolated there in prison. Some of his own disciples left and followed Jesus. Some stayed with him and that's the ones he sent to go and ask, are you really the Messiah? It's not time now to ask, are you really the Messiah? It's time not to look at the threats, not to look at the circumstances, but to actually begin to pray bold prayers as the church in this nation. And, and then God heals, God delivers, God begins to save. So we're going to um, pray for each other. And I want to I encourage you as we, as we put that uh, verse 29 on the screen, you maybe you can um, pray uh, the first part of verse 24 lord you are god who made heaven and earth and sea and the sea and south africa and the nations of the world and all that is in them isn't that amazing lord you are god you are god over this nation over our lives and we want to declare that so i want you to pray that as we're going to just spend a couple of minutes to pray what they prayed and then take 29 verse 29 grant lord to us as your as your servants as your sons and daughters that with boldness you may speak the word but lord not just boldness to preach but lord bring healings bring miracles bring signs and wonders isn't that amazing it's the only thing that differentiates christianity from all other religions is true miracles did you know that that's our birthright is true miracles and um, if your gospel the gospel that you preach is not accompanied by signs and wonders and miracles it's not the gospel it's not who jesus is 
He doesn't come and do some healings or some deliverances or some little things. He is God and he does. He's a miracle worker. We sing that song, Waymaker, Miracle Worker. You know, that's who God is. So Jesus can't not be himself unless the church operates in unbelief because that's the greatest sin in the West is our unbelief, is our lack of faith to say you are God, you are great. So I want us to take two or three minutes as we're going to just pray this prayer in Acts chapter 4 verse 29. I'm going to give you the opportunity. If you're sitting alone in your car, take down your window, put down your, pull down your window and just pray with other people. But pray bold prayers. Pray what scripture, what these guys prayed. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.